Hello, this is Mike Edel and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 21st episode of Season 2 of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. And Steve, we really are into the binds right now. We are. They're coming in every day. We receive a few more bales, and we'll crescendo up in probably in about two weeks, 10, 10 days to two weeks, when we kind of get that twin harvest of citra and mosaic coming in about the same time. But uh, so far, it looks like a, a good harvest. Um, we were lucky this year to kind of have that secondary bloom come along and develop, and and uh, most growers I've talked to over the past three or four days are uh, so far happy with their with their yields. I looked this morning on, uh, on our internal data, and it looks like we're about 6-7% harvested so far. And uh, Centennial, of course, leads the way. But uh, what the early? it's early, but, uh, yeah, you just said it looks pretty good to start with, right? Yeah, Centennial crop, especially in the Moxie area, was really good this year. We had uh, really weather conditions which were, except for the early snowfall in the spring, which threw the babies out of whack, uh, were really conducive to a good crop this year, not only from a quantity standpoint, but uh, also from a, a quality standpoint. And uh, we had... Uh, you know, we've got to get them in the barn. Yep. We, we had a weather event about, uh, I guess, almost a month ago now that uh, took 200 acres down. And yep. that, that'll be a continuing concern uh, with a heavy crop. Puts a lot of stress on that trellis. And uh, when we get rain followed by a wind, uh, the risk of a yard falling down is higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, so far, weather conditions have been good for harvest, and uh, both from a hop standpoint and from a employee standpoint. Yeah, it's and, not been uh, too hot, which has been great yep, for everybody. So yeah. far, so good. Yep. Well, good. Well, we've got two uh, very special guests today on from one of our favorite breweries, Modern Times, out of San Diego. Uh, Andrew and Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thank you for having us. And Rachel's uh, even more special. She's a, she's a, a Yakima lady, so uh, nice to have you on the podcast, uh, Rachel. And uh, I'm going to start with you. How did how did you uh, move from Yakima to San Diego and, and get involved with Modern Times? Um, well, I was looking for a job after I left Australia um, a few years back, and um I've been connected with a few people at Modern Times, and it sounded like an excellent, growing, you know, exciting brewery. Um, so I just threw my my hat in the ring, and and here I am, over three years later, and it's been a uh, quite the ride as we expand and and try try new products. And what is your current role at Modern Times? Uh, I'm currently head of planning, so I work with all of our facilities to um, accurately produce the correct volume and brands of our beers. And as you know, we have many brands every month and every year, so it is it is quite the quite the task. Well, you've you've sent us up several uh, looks to be great looking beers. We've opened up uh, Effective Dreams to start our day off with. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. It's a it's a great beer. Uh, yeah, so um, this was in collaboration with our friends at Great Notion, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll end, uh, have Andrew speak a little bit more to it. Um, it's really heavy in the mosaic galaxy and southern passion, and there's quite a bit of citra in there as well on the cold side. So you got you um, got around so around the world hot blend, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, originally when we made this beer with Great Notion, who is in Portland, um, they came down to San Diego 
and we um, were really excited to brew with them. They're, they were well, they're much bigger now than they were before, but very small brewery making really exciting, uh, juicy beers. And um, and we took that and said, hey, we want to play with these uh, South African hops. Um, and we, you know, added some Southern Passion in there. And then, um, you know, Citra Mosaic, obviously, uh, to round it out and a little bit of Galaxy. But... Um, yeah, it's just a cool collaboration that we've done for a few years now. I think this is maybe our third year brewing it. Nice. This is the double dry hop version, which means that it has a, an, um, a financially irresponsible amount of hops in it. Per we, we like that. What we have. Yeah. <laughs> As you always say, Steve, there's not a beer that can, can't be improved by just a little bit more adding, hops, right? Adding a little more hops, yep. <laughs> How about doubling the hops? There we go. <laughs> you're, you're our heroes, guys. Uh, and Andrew, tell us a little bit about uh, your your background and how you ended up in modern times. Yeah, so um, my background, I went to, uh, I, uh, after my undergrad, I went to school at Oregon State um, for microbiology and got into brewing there. Um, came out, um, went back to New York, um, then came out back west and um, uh, started, started the job at San Diego um, at Modern Times about five, a little over five years ago. And, um, yeah, we've been growing a lot since then, and now we're uh, in quite a bit of be- bit more beer than we were back then and have three brewing facilities, um, one in Portland, one in L.A., and one in San Diego, um, uh, amongst a, a whole bunch of other things. I oversee the special project side of the brewing, um, so uh, that's, it's, it's, more, it's pretty expansive, and um, there's just a lot of different things going on. We're always excited by new um, ideas, new beers, uh, and and we just I don't know have to brew it. You know, if we if we get excited by idea, we have to make it. So um, we're constantly making new stuff. You guys are doing an outstanding job. I know uh, the guys around here know that uh, first week in December, our wives take a group of us guys down to Portland for a uh, shopping trip, and of course we quickly volunteer to do a quality control trip <laughs> around the various brewers in the Portland area. And last year was the first time that we went to Modern Times, and we were so excited to get there because I've, I've been to the brewery in San Diego. Kelly Lormeyer took us there a couple of years ago, and I just fell in love with the beers. And so our first stop was at Modern Times uh, right about noon, and the wives let us get out of their hair for about six or seven hours. So... We almost didn't leave Modern Times. We we just the beer was so good and so delicious. We thought, gosh, we're comfortable here. The beer is amazing. Let's just stop just right keep here. Going. Yeah. Well, you get there at eleven, eleven in the morning, and then you leave at eleven and eleven at night. And it looks like you just haven't moved, right? So yeah. If if we stayed that long drinking beer, we may as well not come back to the hotel. <laughs> but uh, no, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, the, the beer is absolutely amazing, and uh, I I didn't realize you were actually brewing at the Portland location though. Yeah, so that's like part of our our thing, um, our our model uh, essentially is like mm-hmm. to we do distribute beer and we send that out. We send it um, throughout California, Oregon, Washington, a um, little bit smattering every uh, in other places. But um, our goal is to have like places where you can come and enjoy the beer too. So Portland happens to be a brewery. Um, it's actually the old Commons Brewery, um, their second location that they had and. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we were really good friends with Mike. Uh, when that didn't work out for him, we were able to go in there and, and start up a new location um, in Portland. 
Um, and that's been really great. It's a totally different brewing experience for us. And we're making some incredible lagers, IPAs, some fruited uh, sours up there. We've done some stouts. We've messed around. The water profile is just so different than our San Diego water. Um, actually, we just um, did our – and we, we've done a lot more fresh hop up there too. So we just brewed um, our first fresh hop beer last week Nice uh, up there. Which, uh, which hops are you using in that one, Andrew? Um, that one was Strata. Uh, so we did Strata. Um, we went down to Crosby and got some Strata. Um, that's that's uh, that sounds like a really uh, interesting and upcoming hop uh, that uh, that they've got there. It's uh, pretty exciting that uh, Oregon was put able, able to put something out like that. Yeah, um, and we're it's it's a whole different like um, center for experimentation for us. So we're able to mess around with a you know different water uh, proximity to hop growers and and um, barley uh, as well. So there's a lot of barley growers and monsters up there too. And you guys are coming up, uh, I think, Rachel, you said in, what, two weeks for your uh, selection period? Yes, yeah, we'll be up there in mid-September for our first round of selections. And which yeah. uh, which varieties are you going to be selecting uh, this year with us, at least, I should say? Um, we'll select everything that we uh, contract, but I think that would be like Citra, Mosaic. Uh, I'm not sure what else right now, but uh, the big, that's our big stuff that we're – yeah, Simcoe for sure. Um that's the stuff we're selecting with you guys. Well, we've uh, we've last year, as you know, we uh, we came out with a new selection app, a selection tool for you all, and uh, we spent uh, you know we got feedback. It was version one, and version two is ready to go here, and so we hope you will like that and enjoy that as you come up. Uh, we've also updated our grower portal uh, so that we can get that immediate feedback to the growers as well, and that's uh, again part of that ongoing uh, connectivity we have between our growers and you brewers and uh, so both of those apps have been updated to try to make sure we can get uh, a continuous feedback loop on how to how to make the hops better growers absolutely love that too i mean it's yeah. kind of like that uh, they've just completed their finals test and that's their chance to look at their report card and see what you folks think of their their hops so that's uh you know whether the uh, comments are really good or maybe not so good either way either just, way you got to know yeah it, and it gives them uh, a, a good uh, initial thought process of uh, how their hops turned out and whether they're helping you folks make great beer yeah i i think that for us the the coolest thing that we do some one of the coolest things we do every year all the beers we brew and everything one of the coolest things we do is come up to yakima and do selection, meet the farmers, and um, work with, you know, especially YCH on, on those selections because um, it's just being close to the things that really make our beer special and um, getting the opportunity to select that uh, has become more and more important um, over the last couple of years. There's just so much, you know, for example, uh, Simcoe being grown now that you really need to have that quality mm -hmm. um, checkpoint to make sure that you're getting what you want for your beer. Yeah, we had uh, we had talked about that with uh, Vinny Trelozo here a couple of days ago, on where in the where in the Simcoe picking window each individual brewer likes to choose. You know, early, late, mid, mid, whatever, and that's mm -hmm. that's exactly why it's important that you all come up and and other brewers come out is to be able to really uh, help pinpoint exactly what you're trying to get and how you want to represent that in your beers. Yeah, and um, it's it's also just like super fun and and great to be connected to that i think it keeps you kind of grounded to like the agricultural lineage of beer you know a little yep. bit. 
Yeah, good reminder that it is an agricultural product, and uh, a lot of work goes into it out on the farm and uh, all the way through. Well, and it's great feedback for us, too, because, uh, you know, we've got, uh, I think, north of 6 million pounds of Simcoe coming in, and if the feedback we get from you and other brewers are that uh, you're moving from that late-season dank Simcoe to kind of a more fruity early-season Simcoe, we can adjust and, and make sure that we get some uh, picking times moved up in the schedule a little bit. So uh, what you guys do is just extremely important in terms of giving us the information we need to help you make great beer. Yeah, it's been, it's been such a change. I mean, thinking about how we used to brew um, five years ago versus how we brew now and what the beers are like, um, the hops change with that too. And um, it's, it's, we're working together. It's great that the, the communication is better than ever or open more open than ever because um, selection and the kind of feedback that you guys are requesting um, helps us uh, change, change the beers that we're going to be making for the next year or, um, or currently, you know, how, how things are with like how quickly the marketplace is changing. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, uh, good or bad, depending on how you want to look at, it, you won't have to worry about checking the scoreboard to see how the Padres are doing in the, uh, in the playoff <laughs> run. Uh, you guys are going to be able to have full attention focused on selection and not really care what's happening to San Diego. So, I thought they were good this year. <laughs> uh, maybe relatively speaking. Uh, certainly they've got a good core of uh, players that uh, should bode well for the future. Yeah, this uh, year they're kind of like uh, an IPA that's been out in the sun for about two years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th- th- there was potential, but it's way yeah. past it, unfortunately. So, I so, think they were like, yeah, because they, they got a new player, right? So they got some, like, they got some spot Citra, and they thought they were going to make their IPA <laughs> great, but then they left it out in the sun. Exactly. <laughs> they paid $35 a pound for some Citra. Yeah. That's that's a good way to describe Manny Machado. That's a perfect way to describe some some citra that's been out in the sun way too long. Yep. So. But, but but the fermentation just didn't go right. Yeah. But but you guys have Sabro Tatis at shortstop. That's right. You know, he's right. the new upcoming thing that yep. uh, maybe isn't quite as expensive at least for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but can it can it carry the team? That's the real question. <laughs> exactly. So, so Rachel, are you uh, have you um, are you a Mariners fan or a Padres fan or something else in between? Uh, you know, I can't say that I follow baseball at all, but uh, I remember in the '90s the Mariners team. You know, I was, I was younger, and Randy Johnson was a big thing, as well as Ken Griffey Jr. and who else is there? Randy Johnson still a, still a big thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a big guy. The yeah. big unit. The yeah. big unit, yep. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. when you were here uh, at that time in Yakima, they did have some great teams. And, I mean, Steve, you you yeah. don't have to worry about uh, playoff season either here for, for the month. Of no, September, but just, so. to show, just to show how poorly the baseball season has gone, I'm looking forward to September just to see some of these young kids play. Right. You know, that's yep. that's I don't have to look forward to the playoffs like the Twins do. Yeah. Uh, I can just watch the game, watch some of these younger players, and dream of what things might look like in another two or three years. Yeah. What team? What team do you like? The, the Mariners, the Seattle Mariners. S- Steve the likes Mariners. the Mariners, and yep. I I grew up in Minnesota, so I'm uh, still a Twins fan, and yeah, they are in the playoff. Uh, a good shot at the playoffs this year, and well, they have a, a pretty good team. So. You know what's really cool about Seattle and San Diego is they play in the same facility for spring training down there in Peoria. Oh, is that right? So, okay. you know, I get to see both teams, and actually this year saw them play against each other. So yeah, 
Um, well, and, and uh, you know, looks like the Padres are a combination of. I mean, Machado's having an average year for a, a third baseman. I think he's got what twenty seven, twenty eight home runs or mm-hmm. something like that. But not, not as you said, Andrew. Somebody for thirty five million dollars a year, whatever he's getting paid, is uh, not what you expect out of him. So, now well, the good I was, news about the Padres is that uh, you can get Orderville uh, tap at the Tech Park. Hey, that yeah. is great. That's what I was just about to ask. That's fantastic. So um, do you have, a, do you have a, a, a corner like a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, ballparks do where they're showcasing uh, San Diego beers and, and, and or modern times, or are you throughout the entire park? Um, I think it's, a, it's more it's in more locations, right? Yeah. Um, the San Diego Park is pretty cool because San Diego is such a craft beer town, um, yep. and really, like people just expect to have it everywhere, and they know the the brands that they like and the breweries that they like. So, um, it's 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 uh, catering to that, which is really great. Um, there was a we were on at Dodger Stadium in LA, and I remember it was just one location, but it was still one of the top selling beers that we had on when we were there um, for a bit. But um, it was they really put you into like a little. A little hole in the stadium. I don't know how the Mariner Stadium is, but I imagine the spread around a bit, you know. But yeah, there's kind of a couple of corners where you can really get it right. So yeah, there's uh, yeah. quite a bit. I, I would say Seattle's probably one of the best ballparks to get a, a wide variety of craft beers. Yep, uh, you got to walk a little bit to find some of them, but uh, they cater to just about whatever taste you have in, in beer. Um, and I think I've been to a couple ball games in San Diego. It's it's similar down there. Yep. There's, you're right. San Diego is uh, um, one of the amazing uh, beer places, beer uh, towns, cities on, yep. on the West Coast, and uh, it's uh, a lot of fun to visit there. How, how is your uh, facility doing in LA? That one uh, is the third one, or was uh, was Portland the third one? I can't remember. Um, they actually opened like um, just a few days from each other oh, okay. um, in the end, but um, that wasn't the plan originally. So the LA facility was supposed to open probably a year and a half earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, opening in LA, um, you, you need to expect that sort of thing. So that that facility is a ten barrel brew house, um, mm-hmm. so kind of the pilot facility or or R and D facility for modern times, um, and it's got a little bar and restaurant and. Uh, it's a pretty cool little spot, and then um, and then Portland is a uh, twenty barrel brew house, a um, little bit bigger, um, and it's going to go through an expansion um, just over the next month here. So, uh, in the next month, we're going to eventually open up an expanded bar and a um, patio, or up, sorry, rooftop patio, um, where nice. you can hang out and um, and drink uh, Sky Party, the beer that we made for that rooftop patio nice and 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 are you doing uh things remarkably different between the three um locations i mean san diego and la are not that far apart but they are distinctly different cities and and are you doing different things in in those locations and is there a part of your own kind of a feedback loop on what's uh working in one place and or not in in one location and how you're approaching your business from that uh, in terms of the beer, you mean? Beer or style or, you know, how you're presenting it or how you inter- interact with the community or, yeah. Yeah, um, there's definitely some things that I think that uh, as we grow as a company, we're trying to um, uh, define our values as a company. And, and that becomes less of, hey, this is how you do things and more, this is how you make decisions on things. So 
um, the decision should come back to those values. Um, you know, we're, we're an employee-owned company, so we want people to take uh, ownership over what they're doing and, and make decisions uh, based on what they think is right for um, the company. And, uh, and we've seen that where Portland has, like, kind of its own personality and L.A. has its own personality and San Diego has that. And there's definitely a baseline for, like, all of these places, like um, how we do things and, and structure in there, but um, it's, it's constantly changing. So over the next five years, you know, who knows, we might see quite a bit different uh, feel for L.A. versus Portland versus San Diego versus uh, Anaheim, which yeah. will open up eventually. Oh, okay, that's, that's pretty cool, yeah. And do you, then do you go further north into uh, San Francisco or Sonoma up there or, or further further north from Portland into Seattle or what's uh, kind of what's next uh, on the uh, on the on the road map? Yeah, there's a small tasting room opening in Oakland um, in downtown Oakland. Okay, yep. Um, and then um, and that's it for now. Uh, Anaheim and Oakland is all we're talking about, but hopefully that's all for a bit. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of stress to, you know, to have these core values, uh, being translated throughout different places. Sure. Are, are you, um, but it's also really fun. So. Are, are you seeing, uh, changes in what your consumers are looking for these days compared to, you know, a couple of years ago in terms of, uh, beer styles or aroma profiles or anything like that? Oh yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the thing for us is, uh, what I was, mentioning earlier was like our kind of our our style of doing or our model of doing um, distribution beers and then also doing in-house mm-hmm. um we've taken that really to an extreme so we do the beers that you're drinking you can't find in stores right. those are only at our tasting rooms mm-hmm. um and we have a bunch of beers like that that are available only in tasting room and they you know they we go through them pretty quick uh that beer will stick around on shelves for no more than a month um generally and then uh distribution is a different is a different model so mm-hmm. that'll be stuff that you can find in grocery stores and in um convenience stores and things like that and you know those tend to be um i don't want to say more they're, they're just like slightly different beers uh the beers that we're selling in-house are more extreme um versions of the style you know double dry hopped and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. but then we'll also distribute um really solid delicious ipas and and um and things like that. So. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a change in the demand, and I think that's one of the great things about modern times, that we choose to pivot very quickly. We aren't staunchly um, stubborn about our styles and how we how we produce our products. Our only you know requirement is that it's um, our high quality product, and our team ensures that. So I have noticed that over the last three and a half years of what we call rotation nation, in a, and uh, our customers just want uh, something new, something more exciting. Um, and we've seen a growth in our one-offs and our uh, distribution, um, our special distribution beers. So it's, it's been a, a challenge for us to keep up with what the market wants. You know, this but is just a suggestion, but uh, perhaps a tasting room in Phoenix to open up around the <laughs> 1st of March <laughs> to correspond no, with spring no training would be awesome. <laughs> You know a guy, right? You know a guy that might do that, huh? I I know a guy that would bring you lots of business every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been interesting because everything's been changing, but uh, at the same time, we get to make really cool stuff. Like, we've been making lager for a long time now and been really passionate about Pilsner, um, and we make a lot in Portland. And now, next month, we're releasing a a Fooder Age, which is an American oak vessel 
um, a fooder-aged pilsner that's dry hopped with Saphir, so German hops. And that's completely off the wall um, in a lot of ways, but still really drinkable and tasty. And then, you know, like Rachel was saying about pivoting, like we don't have all of our beers for December figured out yet. So we're still, that's all right. <laughs> we're still like, yep. uh, yeah, we're still, we're still like, uh, you know, able to make changes and stuff um, even now. So. Well, speaking of German uh, uh, hops, uh, Steve, what's uh, the latest news out of Germany uh, so far this this um, harvest season? Yeah, they had a little bit of uh, rain right before harvest, mm-hmm. um, and that helped because they went almost two months without any appreciable rainfall right in the Hallertau, the main growing area. Uh, so they got a little bit of rain. Uh, they're still sweating a little bit because... Uh, uh, they haven't had much recently, and it doesn't appear to be any really soaking rains in the 10-day forecast. So we continue to keep a close eye on that. The Obviously, the aroma hop harvest, the noble hop harvest is ongoing right now, and they'll be getting into the uh, alpha varieties uh, probably week 10 days, maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, I mean, we're still both here and in Germany, and, and then, of course, in Czech and Slovenia and, and England, they're all still early on in the harvest period so we'll know a lot more yep. about the overall supply situation and quality situation in a couple of weeks but early uh, reports from the uk is they're having a very good crop and uh with some of the early varieties and uh fuggles east kent goldings uh those varieties so whatever happened in the uk uh was a little different than what's happened in germany so far but yep yeah, we'll we'll know for sure here in another ten days, two weeks. We'll know in, in a little bit more in a couple of months too what the price per British pound will be too, depending <laughs> on how how Brexit goes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, well, Andrew and Rachel, uh, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. We look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks for selection. And uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna keep drinking these beers for a little bit here this afternoon. But uh, really appreciate you being on the podcast with us. Yeah, and the other one um, you have is uh, a collaboration we did with Bearded Iris um, from Tennessee. So um, mm-hmm. Matt's a really cool guy if you ever want to get someone on the podcast and talk about nice. how. Yep. Yeah, no, they're good people. Our guys in Nashville uh, quite like them, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you for having us on. Yeah, thank you so much. Can't wait for you to get up here, and we'll, we'll hoist a pint together. Absolutely. Sounds All right. good. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.